Hello, and welcome to Relative Pitch. We appreciate you tuning into our podcast. Our mission is to give you young musicians' perspectives on hot topics in the music world. By sharing our thoughts and opinions, we hope to help with bringing positive change and diversification to the music world. Here are your hosts, Lauren Green, Anthony Morris, and Michael Brown. Surprise! Welcome back to another episode of Relative Pitch. Sitting with us today is Dr. Douglas Lindsay, my former teacher at Kennesaw State University. He is the assistant professor of trumpet and brass coordinator. Mm-hmm. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? <laughs> doing well. Excellent. Excellent. Oh, Lordy. So why don't you uh, tell us, you know, some background information on you for those who may not know you as well as we do. Sure. Well, first of all, it's my first podcast. This is pretty fun. I, I enjoy talking and Ooh, I like to... Uh, first. <laughs> just talk about myself a little bit. Um, so I've been at Kennesaw. It's my ninth year, and uh, I've seen it all. I think there, and we've built a program up from something very small to something I think that I'm, I'm really proud of. Um, so I came from uh, a long background of schools and like working and all that, and uh, I've ended up here in Georgia, and I really, really love it. Um, I suppose you want to hear kind of like where I started and all. Kind of like yeah. where, um, where did you start your? serious music studies probably undergrad well yeah i think i started actually in ninth grade when i started taking trumpet lessons there you go. I, I was one of those people that really take it seriously um ninth tenth grade and my band directors often had to kick me out of the band room uh, for playing lip slurs like seriously <laughs> <laughs> uh and, and you know from there I, I took lessons with with bob bright who was at the university of arkansas he was the professor former professor there and I fell in love with the way he created sound and the way he talked about sound. And it, it's been a big influence on my life. I decided to study undergraduate trumpet at University of Arkansas. I had a few choices, uh, got a great scholarship there and uh, had a good teacher, Rich Ruley, and um, learned a lot. And I attended a lot of competitions and we worked together in trumpet ensemble. And I learned really, I think from him, like a really great, uh, way to like run a studio like he was super organized and I really admire that about him um, next I, I got into grad school at Yale School of Music which was a lot of fun and totally different if you can imagine like a super Arkansas boy like <laughs> living in yeah living in New Haven Connecticut very country <laughs> well just uh, not very but like a little bit country so now a little country, bit country a little bit rock and roll you know? okay it's a song um but when i moved to connecticut it was it was total culture shock like i moved in and i got i rented this room from an older lady in hamden connecticut which was a few miles up the road from the school and i remember this this lady had been very fond of music and, and, a, and a fan of the school of music um, but she was a little odd in particular. I lived up in her attic and she would often come up in the attic and tell me I've moved some of her things. So that was, <laughs> was an odd way to start it all. And I can remember from Connecticut that like all the people were pretty short, you know, like, like attitude wise, not stature wise. <laughs> and, and I was always very scared to drive on I-95. So that's, that's kind of what I'm taking you know, away from The worst drivers me. in Georgia? Oh, 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 yeah. Different Ooh, kind of wow. worse. That's, yeah. that's hard to do. Well, it worse is. than Florida drivers because they're no, crazy. Florida drivers are just sorry. Not sorry, Florida. Floridians. Well, I, Yale was great, though, other than that. I mean, New Haven's a beautiful place, and Yale, of course, is like storybook. You know, you walk in, it's like Hogwarts or some, something. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, the, the orchestra was really fine. I played also in the undergraduate wind ensemble with Tom Duffy and, and took some wind conducting classes. My teacher there was Alan Dean and uh, he taught me a lot about phrasing and a lot about just playing music. Uh, he was um, he was a good influence on in the way that I, I create music now, I would say. Um, well, yeah, I got lots of opportunities to play alongside um, a, a couple, uh, 
great brass quintet. The Atticus Brass Quintet. It's all students in there, um, all of which are performing, you know, mm -hmm. professionally now, which is really cool to see. Um, and we all have jobs, so thank goodness, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's the guess the goal, right? I guess you know, you gotta, to get a job. Yeah, I guess we can't to get jobs. a job. Yeah, I guess. I guess we can. The Masters was good, uh, and once I did that, I decided I wanted to keep that going. I really love playing chamber music. That's kind of where my love of chamber music and my love of early music kind of blossomed. Uh, so I decided chair music was going to be my thing. I, I pursued a brass quintet fellowship at University of Wisconsin, and I won that, which was which was great. Got my doctorate. You know, they paid me to do that, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. And I got to move to Madison, Wisconsin, which is a really cool town. Um, met some of my best friends, I'd say, and, uh, you know, started like really figuring out how to do the college teaching thing at that point. Uh, it was in Madison where I first got kind of a taste of the college teaching, mm -hmm. bit, like at this um, a uh, small little Baptist music school slash college. Uh, it was in Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. It was the mm. Falls Music Academy. Um, great people, uh, wonderful setup. Uh, I had like at one point, I think upwards of 17 students that I was te teaching like two days a week. So I would make the commute from Madison to Milwaukee two times a week. It's about an hour and a half each way. So I got a lot of miles in my car. I had a lot of music well, to listen to and a lot of podcasts. Well, at that point, maybe just NPR or whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, so that was kind of, as I said, my first taste in music. They gave me opportunities to play solos. I did lots of arrangements for the students there. And uh, I just pretty much kind of learned how to start teaching. And I, I looking back on it now, I, I think I've gotten a lot better at it. <laughs> thank, thank God. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of like my background, um, you know, school-wise. I, I could talk a bit about, you know, how I arrived at the job. Yeah, how know? did you get to Kennesaw? I mean, from Wisconsin? How did you make your way get on down to Georgia? Yes, yeah, so I'm Arkansas, then I live yeah. in Connecticut, then I'm over in Wisconsin. I'm sick of the snow. Yeah, you're up there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm ABD and it's over the summer and I'm applying for everything I can. And, and you know, maybe people know that when you're ABD, it's like you just take anything you can get. Mm -hmm. um, and I had the great opportunity to get an email from KSU saying, hey, we're looking to, you know, interview you. And I said, yeah, okay, that sounds fine. Now, the caveat, of course, is that it was for a twenty-five thousand dollars year job, mm -hmm. and I, you know, literally had nothing. Yeah. So it was sort of like, like, okay, let's see what happens. Yeah. So they flew me down, and and I was fortunate enough to to win that. Yeah. And uh, it's it's been great ever since. How do you think you won that, or like, what what are the ways you think like that people get collegiate teaching jobs? Oh, that's a big question. I mean. Mm -hmm. What are the ways people get collegiate like teaching how jobs? How would you go about if someone was like, give me, write a book about how you win a collegiate teaching job? What are the chapters? What are the Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that you need to be, I think I would write that book differently now than I would have 10 years ago, of course. For sure. Yeah. yeah but but let, let me go, go at it from the angle of what I would say now versus back then. I, I think that you have to have a, a varied amount of repertoire that you have ready on hand to go at any point. And that's going to be, when you finish your doctor, you got to be so versatile, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you got to be able to step in any situation and be like, I got this stuff. I got this stuff. I can play this style. It doesn't really matter. I'm, I feel prepared to do, you know, literally whatever. Mm -hmm. Now for the college teaching thing, I had a 30 or 45 minute set of music that I, that I did all the time that I loved, mm -hmm. you know, uh, some, some flashy stuff, some modern stuff, some piccolo stuff. Um, and just you maybe some solo trumpet stuff too. And that's one thing I'd recommend is that, you know, if you're doing the college teaching job thing, have a, a bit of solo repertoire or stuff that's easy on the pianist, because oftentimes you're not going to get a lot of time to rehearse with said pianist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you want to show off your very best, you know, in that in that skill, um, in that part of the skill set. Uh, 
one thing that may, I, I'm sure that some people know, but it's worth talking about. There's a lot of things to a college teaching job interview that I wasn't expecting exactly. Like I had done my research, like I knew about KSU, of course. Mm -hmm. I had expected to talk to the dean and the director and all that, but I didn't know the level of specificity that they would be going into. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was, it was great. And I think I handled myself super well, obviously got the job. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, looking back, I, you know, there are things I would want to know about that, that could make it even better, right? Um, I think that you need to have a clear vision for how you would recruit. Mm -hmm. You need to have a clear vision for, you know, what your curriculum is going to be like yeah. and, you know, what your goals or aims are going to be. I think that's super, super important. And for anybody who's, who wants to pursue college teaching, I would just ask yourself, um, you know, first of all, why do you want to do it? You know, what difference are you going to make? And is it worth doing that? Or is it worth getting a job, you know, performing first or doing whatever? Like for me, um, I love teaching. It was my, my bread and butter. I got this opportunity to come down for this job and I, I just decided to take it. And it's really worked out well. From the halftime position, the 25,000 bucks a year, I decided to move down. I loaded all my stuff into my two-door blue Honda Civic. Oh, wow. Yeah, I sold everything else. Yeah, or hey, I just gave it away, a bunch of Ikea stuff. And just like didn't look back, right? Um, That's the way. Yeah, I lived actually with uh, Dave Keeler for a year. Oh. Dr. Keeler's director of bands. We were episodes ago. Yes. Yes. I imagine you got to know him a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's a crazy guy. Yeah. Great. He's a wonderful guy. Yeah. Uh, one of my best friends. And uh, we became fast friends. And through his tutelage, I say, and guidance, um, I got to know KSU, the ins and outs, how to do the college teaching thing. He really shepherded me on the recruiting thing, took me into high schools. I got to learn and talk to a lot of different band directors. And that's really where I started to get like inculcated into like the scene. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's really important too. When you first arrive somewhere, mm -hmm. you know, no matter what, even if you're being paid a penance, I mean, if your goal is to be a college teacher and you want to do it well, um, you know, you got to hit the ground running. And that mm -hmm. means you have to be known, you have to figure stuff out. And I think along with that, you have to be willing to kind of crash and burn a few times, mm -hmm. you know, and endeavors that don't go quite as well. Um, I had lots of recruiting things that, you know, went great, some that went kind of poorly. And, and I learned along the way, mm -hmm. you know, like how to hone and, and, and really dial in what my message is and what mm -hmm. my approach is. I, I have a question on recruiting because as a public school teacher, our, one of our big thing is recruiting. What did you, what are some things that you did to get like your, uh, how was, how many was in your first trumpet studio class when you first got here and how many are there currently? Yeah, there were seven when I got here and maybe eight. And it was, uh, it was, they were fine and they were good people. And I remember them very fondly. Actually, I got a picture on my wall and remind me of everything. <laughs> and I, I think that the people in the studio, they've changed of course over the years. Um, but, you know, I can see the same kind of patterns, the same kind of wonderful attitudes and the people who just want to be here just to enjoy music and all that. Mm -hmm. Now, to your point about how to like recruit people, I think that you have to show them that you have a passion for what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You have to show them that you're proficient at that passion and that you can help them along the path to reach their own proficiency. Right. So however you're going to do that, like I can't speak to your version of that truth. Right. But my version is sort of like I want to be. Um, as true to what I can show them as I can. So I play a lot for them. Um, I have a few topics that I, I often talk about in like lessons, you know, mini recruiting lessons with them, or if say like in your case, you might have like a, a chance to have a sectional right. and talk about like, hey, this is the trumpet. Yeah, It's awesome. Yeah. That's what you can do. I think it's invaluable for you to have, um, if you have 
older kids from a high school feeder school, mm-hmm. it's like someone who's quite good. Mm-hmm. They can come in and maybe do a little recruiting for you. Yeah. Gives them some agency. Yeah. And the kids respond a little bit, mm-hmm. well, a lot, a lot more to someone closer to their age. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy to think like close to your age, you know, you're like, you're a youngin. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, but still, they see like a 16 year old, they're gonna be like, man, I'm gonna listen to that guy because he right. knows what's up or that mm-hmm. girl. Um, so I would just say like, try to connect them to somebody who is a peer mm-hmm. and then just show them that you're passionate about what you do. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, you think about it, anything who's, anybody who is you know, worth their salt, anything has a passion for something. And it's just like, it's electric mm-hmm. when you're next to them. Yeah, sure. I have a question off of that. So in an audition process, I feel, I feel like, I feel like a lot of people forget that the students opinions like kind of go into maybe the selection process of, or at least I've had friends who've said that they're they have seen people not get jobs at their own schools because they just didn't have a good like interaction with the students when they got there did you get to work with like ksu students when you did your Mm -hmm. interview and like how was that yeah i did i worked with um three students um i remember i had uh, justin rowan michael magruder and there was one more maybe jackson hart i cannot remember the last one though and there were three very different people. And as I was speaking to Dr. Keeler, like he told me, he's like, yeah, we threw the three very most different we could. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, my thing now is, is like, I, I teach trumpet from the perspective of, of taking on personal responsibility, adopting a confident attitude, and then like learning how to play the trumpet with those things, helping move your life forward. Back in the day, I was way more nuts and bolts. And I, I worked with the students and we got some good stuff done. Uh, and I think that, that that played to my strengths actually, because I was able to fix sound pretty easily and I could I could really talk articulation well. And I was willing to be a little more forward with the students than I think a few of the other applicants were willing to be. That's what Dr. Keeler was telling me. Mm-hmm. So in that process, in that in the part of the interview and audition, that was kind of like a masterclass with each one. Yeah. So your goal was to get them as good as they could in the limited time you had to show the committee or well, of course like it's a master class so mm-hmm. so there, you have a couple ways you can go with it my, my way of doing a master class is always uh, like hey i've got an audience and they're often musicians so i'm going to try to teach this lesson but in a way such that the audience gets the lesson as well mm-hmm. so i've seen master classes both ways where it's like mm-hmm. i want to teach you like, i'm going to ignore yeah. the audience yeah. Yeah. Like a, but i want to like i want the audience to be there i want them to be part of it and i try mm-hmm. to involve them a lot and i did that and I'm able to be, I, th- I feel like I'm pretty personable. Like when I'm in front of people, I put that mask on, you know? <laughs> and uh, I try to make it about the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, uh, I should speak to that just a minute. Like there's like uh, a 30 minute or so recital, a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. And like a 30 minute masterclass with like two, three people and like a break. And then like hour three and with a dean and then hour four with the director and then go to lunch and then it's just so it's a whole day so process. it's a whole day it sounds like fun. wow it's, it does sound it's, fun. Fun. <laughs> it kind of runs you through the ringer yeah. after you went through yeah. all this education and like, like are you prepared to feel this yeah. way like and i know days, yeah. me and lauren right now kind of like you said recruiting we're trying to recruit our own private studios move into new areas so it's like you pick up these skills and then finally can you run the gauntlet yeah. yeah. Show your best throughout the whole You really day. learn to hone your message doing that. It's yeah. important. Let's like jump back to like pre pre uh pre job um Dr. Lindsay. Um how did you like advertise and like market yourself before you 
did you know about your collegiate job like how did you earn money <laughs> <laughs> oh well that's two different questions um yes, so yeah I, I i marketed myself you know i had the website thing going for a long time i had an icv uh, i tried to get out in the schools all the time i was always very friendly and insidious when i went to a gig i, I put myself out there i played yeah. well i got mm -hmm. lots of calls back i mean nice. so that was part of it you got to mm -hmm. be ready to show up and yeah. you have to play well when you do um, so that's probably the, the way I, I most got those gigs. And then the connections, right. speaking to people sure. and making sure you're friends with them and not, not making them angry. Right. Um, <laughs> your other, other question was what? That, I mean, that was kind of it. Just like how, because I mean, we were all kind of in that stage. Now we're mm -hmm. in school, but we're not, you know, we don't have a job, the job yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we're at the point of our lives where we're like really trying to market ourselves and yeah. trying to put ourselves out there. And so I guess it's just like, how did you get to where you are you yeah. know, to that point? My, my advice to like a person who's like seeking that is like, you need to be in a school every week. Um, there's nothing stopping you. Like oftentimes the teachers really enjoy it and you can just drop in a lot of the time. Um, you need to figure out how to, how to craft your message to the students. So like I've done, like I go and do master classes for trumpets, for brass, for band, I've done everything. And I do not say no, uh, or at least I didn't a long time ago. And I do a little more these days because I have a lot of opportunities <laughs> to say no. But when you're beginning, it, it's, you, you really should make it a habit not to say no too often. But if that's something you need to weed in, uh, that's not the right way to say that. It's something you have to wean off of um, mm -hmm. as you get a little bit more busy. And I think now I've kind of found a nice balance of teaching sectionals, you know, sometimes and then doing some lessons, but not teaching like, I think at one point I was doing like five sectionals a week. I had 25 high school students and I had a college teaching job wow. and I somehow had like, like a life. So, somehow, <laughs> somehow, but not really though. Like it's about finding that balance and, and you know, eventually you want to pare it down to where you, you find the, the three or four things you really do well and then put a lot of energy into those things. Mm -hmm. So I, maybe like it's worth finding out what those things are for you. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. How sure. did you get into, that was the like teaching part, I think. How'd you get break into the freelance, like gigging yeah, side of gigging? like performing? Cause I know like when we moved to different areas, um, they already have their people yep. in their certain positions. How do you like, did you go about connecting the people who were getting the gigs or did you kind of just wait for your call and then explode or? A little both. Um, I mean, as soon as you get to town and you get a job like that, it's like, okay, well, let's see what this guy can do kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I got a few calls and did okay. And I got called back, which is cool. Mm -hmm. um, I would also say just like, go like take lessons or go play duets with everybody. And that's one thing I, I think was smart. And I, I would do any time I move anywhere is like, I got some of the local freelance players together and we started a trumpet ensemble and it was Atlanta Trumpet League, I think we called it. Nice. Um, but like for me, the, the impetus was more, I mean, I liked, I love making music with these guys, but the impetus was to try to get to know them, yeah. to get in that scene. Another way that I personally connected with a lot of people in the area was to join the brass band. You know, and that's yeah. that's an evocation of mine mm -hmm. that I've had for years. I'm actually the president of the Georgia Brass Band and solo cornet with them. Um, and like now all the brass faculty at KSU plays in the Georgia Brass Band, um, you know, so I'm, I'm taking that ensemble and I'm, I'm in cult, that's the word I want to use. I'm using it as a sort of like device to help, you know, spread the gospel of my brass teaching <laughs> to the world, I guess. You know? Did you, because um, we've talked about you teaching, do you ever aspire to be part of an orchestra did you ever I like i want to be yeah. I did, yeah, any performance yeah I did, like I did for a while i mean um i don't know like I, the military band seemed pretty appealing the orchestra mm -hmm. seemed pretty appealing um and honestly like the way it all came down like i fell into this college teaching thing 
And I started like really figuring out how to do it. And I fell in love with that. And for me, the thing that I love the most is the opportunity to be in this town and play, you know, with ASO or to play with Mega Symphony, all when it existed, all these mm-hmm. symphonies around, um, all these different brass quintets, um, to play in a few different bands doing solos. Like it's amazing the diversity you can achieve if you're willing to be versatile. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's that's kind of what I, I thrive on. And now I just, you know, even with COVID and all that what I value most is just like the connections with the students and just creating like that bond and then seeing how they grow and change mm-hmm. and they come back and, and are better people, which is cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and knowing how much you make impact on their lives. How has COVID impacted you teaching and everything? I mean, it's impacted all of us. Has it impacted uh, all? And like... yeah, so no, how has that been? been? Well, I'm divorced now. Oh, well, yeah. so that. I don't think that's because of that, though. That, you know, that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Um, COVID was something that robbed, I think, a lot of people of their musical agency mm. because suddenly no one could play together. No one was playing duets with each other. No one was doing anything. And I talked with a lot of friends that, um, you know, they weren't practicing really anymore. Mm. And, and, and still, it's, it's like, it's, it's not a lot of practicing going on with some, yeah. some people. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So I had to go to that. I had to come out of that funk a little bit and, and refigure out what my I don't want to say meaning, but what my musical purpose was, mm-hmm. and, and sort of like what I was aiming at in my life. Um, and that's a bigger like sort of life question that I was also trying to figure out. I believe, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I see now the trajectory of my life in a much different way because of COVID. And I would definitely not do. This, things the same way mm-hmm. mostly from the perspective of like um just being too busy honestly mm-hmm. I was I was out and out of the house till 10 o'clock every night just like working or teaching and I was just exhausting myself and I wasn't offering quality I was offering quantity and it's something that mm-hmm. I would never take back I, mm-hmm. I enjoy my life a lot more now and the quality of my teaching I feel like has gone you know through the roof and the kids are playing way better and mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just really fun mm-hmm. so I that my biggest advice um out of all that it's just like you know figure out the three or four things that you just have to do and then figure out how to do them so well that no one else can do them any better mm-hmm. and delete everything else you know yeah. get rid of it you don't need it you know no one needs someone who can do 10 things we just need somebody who can do three things super well Interesting. and that's where you make your money that's where you make your impact I know, write it down, write it down now. Where's my book? I got a book now. The three things. Yeah. Well, it's not so like we we've heard a bit about your like performing life, your teacher life. So you're you're the brass head uh, for KSU, right? Yes, like, ma'am. How has that been? The administrative side of it, it's work? fine. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just fine. I love all my brass colleagues, so it's really easy, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and I've, we've had uh, a little bit of turnover here and there, but but you know, right now it's it's a crew of people that we work well together. Um, I can very easily get in contact with them. We we have kind of similar interests, not interests, but um, points of view on how to teach uh, some of the brass players. And it, it's really great to have that kind of camaraderie in, in a section. Now, something that's been tricky about KSU, I am the only full-time brass person. Mm-hmm. And I should talk a little bit about how I got to that. Yeah. We'll back yeah. up to that in a for moment. Sure. Remind me of that. Yes. yes. Um, but as the only full-time person uh, trying to, to sort of I don't want to say wrangle cats, but I kind of want to say wrangle cats. Mm-hmm. It's tricky, right? Because, you know, they're not necessarily paid to do any of the organizational stuff, but still 
we're trying to provide an excellent service to the students. So um, I, I feel like it's incumbent upon me to provide them with models and syllabi um, with uh, you know, ideas for how to do that in a really effective way. You know, that goes back to figuring out how you, how you doing your recruiting, right. you know, mm-hmm. um, how are you going to like teach this freshman his skills or something, or how are you going to like prepare the senior for his, his recital? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there's like a few things that I know that I, I've been around the block now. Um, and I'm always happy to sit in their lessons and learn some stuff from them. I think it's really invaluable. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you gotta be willing to collaborate. And that's one of the best things I like about um, the faculty we have now. We really, you know, connect it like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, let's go back to the full-time part. So how did you get from what, part, part-time yeah. starting? And yeah, now- $25,000 a year. When did yeah. you start here? So let's start there. Yeah. 2012, and August. that was a $25,000 mm-hmm. starting gig. Yeah, and what all were your, because I know a lot of we're seeing, I know me and Lauren sometimes will be on the phone late at night going through different websites. We're like, Michael, it's, 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 it's like adjunct <laughs> trumpet, music history, and RO skills. I know you're not the best at RO skills, but practice <laughs> so you can get this. So we see these jobs nowadays, yeah. especially because you can't, you, you're not going to graduate and go to Texas and be the trumpet professor or at Maybe Texas, not, not right away, unless you're like Paris Conservatoire. I mean, no. um, not even then. No. Maybe. No. So, we see all these different um, duties are being asked right away as not along with our instrument, yeah. like our skills history. So what were all your duties when you first got here? Let me back up a little bit. So I, I knew that was gonna be the case and I developed a love of music history while I was in um, grad school at Yale. I did a TA position and it was really fun. I got to kind of teach some of the kids uh, kids or my colleagues, you know, alongside <laughs> us. And, yeah, and I took some crazy classes there too. Um, you were able, if you go to Yale and you go to grad school there, you can take any class you want, um, no matter what. So I took these crazy, oh, yeah, I took these, well, <laughs> like, like you could take like French if you want, for instance, like you could take classes outside your path is what I mean. Um, uh, but I took these really hyper difficult uh, musicology classes that like kicked my butt, but gave me a lot of like information and a lot of like, uh, I don't know, a lot of interest I would say, <laughs> like for like music history. So then I decided at Wisconsin, I would take that as my music minor. Mm-hmm. Oh, or whatever it is so so i have like the the, the main area is trumpet obviously right and then the minor is music history yeah you know, oh. and with that i mean i had to, to there's a slew of classes you have to yeah take. Sure. Oh but i i pretty quickly used that so i went from twenty five thousand dollars a year okay so you have time you know teaching seven people that's it you know and, and with that also i had in my head that we're doing master class we're doing all sorts of stuff i'm going to make mm-hmm. sure i arrange stuff they're going to do this the competition they're going to do everything Mm-hmm. So I, I start down the path of like trying to make them like the world's best, which is great. I think that's important. You had to have yeah. high mm-hmm. standards. Absolutely. Um, the thing I learned though, the first few years is that despite the fact that I have high expectations for myself, sometimes people do not have these same high expectations. And that's not a problem in so much that you just have to learn how to create the expectation in their minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something I've learned over the past eight or nine years. Mm-hmm. Uh, for sure. So the second year I got a raise, which is cool because they like me a lot. Uh, yeah, I, I got a, I got a lecture position, which is great. <clears throat> the lecture job basically just entailed me teaching music history at the junior level, uh, which was super fun, but I was kind of super scared to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I mean, you know, I had some information. It was a two day a week class though. And I taught an hour, 15 hour, 20 minutes each day. So I, I remember I remember 
studying for like five or six hours for each class, like really making sure I knew everything. Yeah. And I did. I was like very Johnny on the spot about keeping up with the text and I try to make it interesting for people. And I felt like it was a fun class. I, you know, one thing I was adamant about not being was a person who got in front of a class and read a PowerPoint or to read oh, a PowerPoint. Wow. We always <clears throat> You've had those teachers. Yes, we I've have. had those teachers. <laughs> not good yeah <laughs> if i'm going to lecture to you i want to be able to do it I in, in a way like, yeah I'm, like, I'm, like. I'm learning from you mm -hmm. and not the powerpoint yeah well, precisely yeah. Mm -hmm. that's like how we view gen ed sometimes yeah it's like the, they like when you when you have like six thousand students what a shame like, you just <laughs> know, click exactly. they're clicking it <clears throat> so and history is sometimes a not a fun subject for a lot of people oh sleep. yeah it's like me with oral skills i was like make it fun yeah. i mean you just have to like show them why it was interesting and yeah. you know maybe tutor around on your early instruments and mm -hmm. do some baroque dancing and then you're like the yeah, baroque dancing yeah i did the that whole thing their their shoes oh, no, no, no. their shoes were not it they did not know fashion back then <laughs> yeah they're all kind of fashion michael they probably call us crazy looking women. Uh, I sure. don't like the, the corsets and all that stuff. No, the corsets you can't breathe. <laughs> that's fine. You can't breathe. breathe. But you have the figure. See, that's what and I'm that's saying. It. You're on diet for you, but it's okay, right? You don't no, even have to. You don't even have to diet for it. Like you can like. No, I you're gonna oh, diet. Oh, Okay, I'm about to say like you don't got to diet. That's my <laughs> thing. If you, or if you love a corset, might as well. Modern day corset is just a waist. A waist trainer. Yeah. Chloe Kardashian. But they're not as good. No, they're they just kind. Anyway, did you do so. did you do dressing? Like, did you have a <laughs> oh my god, I did not dress in corset. No, no, no. But did you like uh for when you were teaching Baroque things, did you like incorporate that? Like, hey, come in your best Baroque looking because for us in our music history class, yeah. we I came up as Marian Anderson. If you don't know Marian Anderson, oh my god, go show like for Halloween, we dressed up as I our favorite that. I love it. I love it. Um, wow. So, like, did you have your kids do that? Because honestly, I would dress in a We did. We did some Baroque dance stuff, and we did some hands-on activities. And when I got to the, I remember this specifically, the second semester when we got to like, uh, like John Cage or Ooh. like uh, Riley, Riley. Um, we did some the NC piece, you know. Yeah, yeah. And we did a performance of it in class for a couple, mm -hmm. one class, and it was like great fun, just to kind of, you know, get everyone out of their normal kind yeah. of routine. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, no, no dressing up though. Unfortunately, no yeah. we should have. I, I really, I missed the book on that one. Yeah, that was <laughs> I, no, I, that was I kind of missed the dances. That would have been yeah, like, fun to like learn. And they're easy to learn. Yeah, exactly. I did have power of like uh, the dances. I had the videos. There's a, a bunch of really killer YouTube videos of rope dancing. <laughs> if you want to just like audience, enjoy yourself, after? yeah, right. <laughs> I don't feel proficient enough to do this. Me neither. Absolutely. Not. <laughs> so you were a lecturer, and then what yeah, was the next did, step after that? Senior lecturer. I did lecture for a couple of years. I actually didn't make it a senior lecture because I applied for a job at University of Utah mm -hmm. and I won that job and I decided that I would see if KSU would stick it out and make it a assistant professor job and they end up doing it mm -hmm. you know much just even plates uh, credit there mm -hmm. so I decided to stay in town um, the appeal was you know I was working I really enjoyed Atlanta I like the south mm -hmm. and I wanted to stay um, I want to stay here it was great so you love us southerners i don't know i mean oh. i'm a southerner <laughs> now okay. that was such a quick <laughs> like, I, I, I didn't say that <laughs> let me explain what i don't what i don't know is that that i didn't choose it because i love southerners i i chose it because of opportunity afforded in the area and right. the, yeah, sure. i was creating something and i felt really good love yeah. the brass band i got a strange vibe from utah and i didn't it didn't feel like it didn't feel right i think mm -hmm. yeah 
he trusted you guys. Yeah, didn't pass the vibe check. So I got this. It's a professor thing. In case you, it's been great since. Um, and it's been a couple, maybe three years now, maybe third year of that. When um, did your um, added title of brass coordinator? A couple years ago. A couple years ago. Oh. So you were assistant professor, and then they added the brass coordinator. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was Dr. Play did uh, a sort of add on to help get organizational things going, which I think was a great idea. Um, and just, I don't think I make any extra money for it, but I get extra responsibilities, which well, is are the how it is. Yeah. <laughs> Foist it upon you. Uh, for that, it's just uh, like a, coordinate juries and I coordinate like we have brass symposiums and brass recitals mm -hmm. and brass faculty recitals I organize all that um, I've organized so many recitals and events in my time it's just it's insane uh, it's something I've always loved to do and I started doing that you know even back in undergrad and grad school and I do it all the time now we have our brass blast each year where we have um, we invite a guest artist and we have you know upwards of 90 or 100 kids come in and Ooh. we brass it up and I hosted the trumpet festival in the southeast for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, we had like four four hundred fifty people in the audience last year, mm -hmm. which was awesome. So you do a, like administrative stuff in in some in so far as uh, organizational administrative stuff, yeah. I suppose for events that I put on in in search for recruiting. <laughs> It was like, I like it, but it has uh, to do <laughs> like only the things I like of I like of I like. I'm sorry, but I, I, I'm going to be precise. That's really like a walk around. I got it. I got it. I got it. I didn't get it. I was like, I was I was like, 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 wait, you like it of the, I was like, my brain hurts. I never want to be a coordinator. It's okay. So um, for people going into the college job, I know out of us three, yeah. Lauren is the best at administrative stuff. Like I'm over here like, you know what? Let's just, let me just grab the motorcycle and we'll go when we go. Anthony's like, let's do a little, let's put gas in the tank first and then let's go. And then Lauren's like, itinerary <laughs> and just the gas is already full i got a car wash last night itinerary's in the car there's snacks in the back yes and Absolutely. so like laura and i are on the same page well it's okay laura and i are very conscientious people you're a, a different kind of wonderful person right <laughs> perhaps yours your your creativity lies so for people going into the co the college teaching college teaching mm -hmm. um what is the what is the importance of administrative skills for people who yeah. don't like it and for the people who do like it to thrive on top of it it depends so you have to be very organized period so you have to be able to like schedule everything you have to have a clear idea of what you want to do when you want to do it and, and i think the more i'm the well the better i'm organized the better i am able to you know i guess divvy up my time and the less stressed out i am mm -hmm. so the better teacher i am Mm -hmm. So it's sort of just like begats, begats, begats. It's this wonderful thing. And I want to make sure that I have time for myself mm -hmm. and like learning to be more efficient with my time has been a way to really get better at that. Mm -hmm. I think that's been a recurring theme over the past like four episodes. Yeah. Like, yeah take time for yourself, especially yeah. now in COVID. It really exacerbated that. Yeah, wow, that was a big word. That was a very big word. Hi, Michael. Good job. Yes, I'm learning SAT. So, how, how do you handle, like, I mean, you basically, we've been talking about all this stuff that you have to do. How in the world do you manage your stress level? Um, what are some things when you take time to, like, do you like to bake? Do you like to draw? Do you like to paint? What is something outside of music yeah. that really keeps you, like, Same. this is me? I 
mean, so now is very different than before COVID. Mm. And, and, and honestly, there's been a few things I've done that I've, I've really that have helped me. The biggest thing I think probably is being more into fitness. Uh, nice. Weightlifting's been really good. Like I did CrossFit for a while. Uh, you know, I mean, I love my students, but sometimes my students can drive me crazy. And and, and I what? I was an angel. I don't know what anybody's talking about. <laughs> so most of the time, you are an angel. It's true. So most it's nice to have a stress reliever. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I do bake. I really enjoy baking. Uh, I like the maybe I like the meticulous aspect. Of it. Yeah, it's very. Oh my gosh, the Great British Baking Show. Go I can't watch, watch it. It's too nice. So, it's too so nice. Crazy. So, I'm yeah. like, I can't tell. I just I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's just too nice. I watched it three episodes and it's I was angry nice. about oh, how Hollywood nice is. Very, he's pretty intense though. Oh, that's the that's the, the one judge. with gray hair. Yeah. But like, it's not, it's, it's not it's not Gordon Ramsay. But it's not him. I want I, I want you to be like you are an idiot sandwich. I'm over here like he's an idiot sandwich. <laughs> I do like to cook too. I do. I, I would never cook for Gordon Ramsay. Oh my yeah. gosh, you should. I feel like that'd be fun. Oh God, I, I've seen. It's been with a tweet. Your cooking has yeah. gotten better over the of the trumpet parties because I remember the first two yes, that yes. I was a part of, I had to grill. Oh, I should talk about that a little bit. So yeah, another way I, have, I want to build, com uh, so let's talk about the aspect of building community within a studio. Yes. So like, you know, you guys are just the beginning of this and maybe your high school studio could have a little bit of this community. You know, you're mm -hmm. middle schoolers, middle school, right? Middle school and high school. And he does all the thing. He does the whole thing. Yeah. Okay, you got a chance to build a whole community. That's very exciting. Yep. Seven years, let's talk. Okay. You're going to have a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the community this year at KSU has been my favorite year in terms of community because we have the right people on the bus, um, so to speak. And everyone's kind of, um, not even kind of, everyone is very committed to improving themselves and improving the trumpet. And it's, it's, uh, it's awesome to see a bunch of like-minded individuals striving towards a goal. Mm -hmm. Now, to build that sort of community, the things I did were I tried to, I don't know, give opportunities for them to perform for one another, um, opportunities for them to collaborate. We've done like duo classes. We've done like projects where they play quartets together. We play trumpet ensemble stuff. We give away these uh, end of the year semester awards called the Owlies. How cute. Oh, no, so cute. And they get little, they get little trinkets. They get little tchotchkes on them each time someone wins them. <laughs> so now they're really, they're mm. laden down with a yeah. lot of tchotchkes. <laughs> Oh, we have three of them. There's best performance of the semester. There's like most improved. And we have like a um, person who has exemplified uh, the best leadership qualities. Mm -hmm. So we get given out. We get to give them out here in a couple of weeks. You have to add my trinket to mine and give it back we, to yes, you. Yes, indeed. indeed. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, we actually just got finished with the last two master classes. I split the studio up in half. Um, which was like, there's like 18 of them now. So we did nine and nine. And we did like sort of anonymous comments, you know, a good thing, maybe like a critique. And I was reading over the comments and just reading those and hearing how the kids are talking to each other, like mm -hmm. in such a positive way, because I'm trying to approach it in a positive confidence building way, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stuff just rubs right off. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're building a studio, your attitude will reflect directly mm -hmm. on their attitude. Mm -hmm. So don't take that for granted. Mm -hmm. So when you're, you're, so you, People come and audition. Kansas mm -hmm. State is growing. They're like number three in the state of Georgia it's now. 40, it's 42,000. Yeah. It's a lot it's of people. Number two. two. Yeah, it's number two. two. It's, it's, it, it's something. So like you get all these students and you recruit still. Yes. What do you- um, We have to. We don't have the name of UGA. We don't have the name of the money of Columbus State. Yes. And so you're growing. So does, when you're trying to build this community over the course of your uh, career here, is it been like, are you looking for not just the best trumpet player, but a studious person 
a uh, well-working person? Yeah, I didn't at first. Because you were just going for the, like, I was just. accepting anybody who wanted to be there. And mm -hmm. I was just, you know, that's the thing. Uh, you have to, you have to sort of like cast a wide net, I guess I would say. Yeah. Right. And, and then you bring it in, you figure out what works, what doesn't work. You have to learn. And that just means you have to like, you need a lot of people to, I hate to say it, but like almost experiment on. Like, so you mm -hmm. can learn how yeah. you speak and how you, how you craft your ideas. Um, so, like I said, I'm not the same teacher as I was back when I first started. I think mm -hmm. I'm much better now. I'm a lot more efficient at a lot of things. Um, but it's through a lot of experimentation and learning. Yeah. I, to your point, Michael, I think that there are definitely like um, people, the kind of people that I would like. And I'll bring them in for a recruiting lesson and I'll set them down. And I can kind of feel out if they're the kind of person who wants to take personal responsibility for their own playing yeah. or if they want to start blaming everything and everybody else around them. Oh, I will. Yeah. There's no way I'm accepting that person. It's just not yeah. going to happen. It's the blame train. Yeah. So sorry. I mean, even honestly, even if they're quite good, I mean, if they're, if they really exude that quality to a high enough level, I'm just, it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They think too highly of themselves. Yeah. So what about Michael? Did you just love our good old Michael? Michael was a uh -oh. Michael was a treat. I think we learned two. We episodes. can't cuss on here, right? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I think two episodes we learned that uh Michael could not play the trumpet coming into college. I think David. Oh, no, you played okay. I mean, <laughs> so he was taken. He's in South Georgia, and Michael was a bit of a mess. I have to say. But I, I felt like after your first semester, after a, a, you know getting kicked out of a, a lesson or two or two, yeah. uh, and kind of figuring his stuff out, like he came in more prepared and, and he really turned it around. And that first semester, I think his first semester, you won that alley, right? Yeah, most, well, most improved. improved for the both both semesters of my first year, and yeah. that kind of drove me to switch from the band director. Because as some people may know, may not know, I was a music education major when I first came in. Yeah, and a hot mess. And a hot mess. Hot. Like, like you it, know, it, curling it, it, iron was on my hand yeah. the whole entire <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. And then by the guidance of you, um, Lauren, Anthony, I think it kind of, kind of turned around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. We were a good council. We were would, a you, good would you council. accept a student that, like me, nowadays? Uh, you or just is it case by case? You exuded a quality of wanting to be better, but I could tell you were selfish in ways that you needed to improve. So I'm okay with that. But you wanted to adopt the agency to change. I felt mm. like that was like I just got psychology. Right. Like where's my where's my where's my late like like, like, like just like explode my it's like the. Uh, that was words. That was words. That was words. words in sequence. Yeah. <laughs> in sequence. <laughs> That's how I talk, guys. <laughs> That's that yellow education. I, know, yeah, I said every time in a lesson, this brother, I got kicked out a couple of them. <laughs> he would say a really big word. I'm like, I'm from Macon. You know, now, now I, I, have, I, I often, I'm like, do you understand what I'm talking about? And please Good. be honest. You're like, no. Because I'm, I'm like, like I'm let's like, talk about Yale. I went to make it. He I was, was, in, was he does not. I am from Arkansas, and it's whatever. It's it's how you apply yourself in your life, and what you learn, and what you perceive that helps you grow. Mm -hmm. So, like you are a much smarter and better person than you were five years ago. Think about you in five years. Where are you going to be? What do you want to be? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's something that's also important, yes. right? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I would say to both your studios, if you can like show a student where they can be their potential in a certain amount of time, and and actually couch that in an actual specific time frame like mm -hmm. okay this is your your plan legend yeah can't wait to see the first page in like three weeks you're really going to have the articulation of the, the triple tongue part there on yeah. the bottom of the second page you're going to have that down 
So yeah. how would you do that? Not only for the studio part, but um, for like a band director, how does he cast a like 30? Cause you, in your undergrad, you also did music education mm -hmm. with performance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you did a little bit of it. Yeah. Um, how do you like cast that when there's 40 kids in front of you and not just one-on-one -on -one in a room? Well, I can only, I can only speculate wildly because <laughs> how I would do it, you know? Yeah. I, I guess I would just, I mean, I would have a relationship with the students such that I could like speak to them fairly honestly. I mean, sometimes there's, I don't know, depending on the age group, you gotta be yeah. kind of- Right, for sure. Gotta have sure. a Yeah, a wall. Mm -hmm. but, but I would always just remind them like of what their potential is, mm -hmm. right? So, so I think that we kind of sell ourselves short of potential because of the impediments of an instrument or because our, you know, maybe my program doesn't have enough money or maybe we can't take the trip this year because you know, we didn't get the money right from the car wash. Or yeah. I see it over and over again, people making excuses. And I think that it goes back to just being more personally responsible for what your program needs to be mm -hmm. and then figuring out a way to do it mm -hmm. and being like just dogged about it. Yeah. yeah, of course there's gonna be situations that are easier than others mm -hmm. and there's gonna be places that are easier to make that program. But I feel very strongly that if you adopt that attitude, that you're going to be way more successful than the person that just just kicks themselves and says, "Oh, it's never going to be something, or whatever," and they right. just always run away. They yeah. always run away. Yeah. Yes. So these kids, they need a they need a they need a great teacher. Mm -hmm. They need someone to be there for them, and you need to learn some stuff. So you mm -hmm. might as well marry those two ideas yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you're going to learn some along the way. Yeah. yeah sure. Definitely. Speaking on the subject of studios, um, this is kind of fun. Uh, so being a collegiate teacher, you, I mean, you're working with adults, basically. I mean, we're, we're children, but we're adults. So, you know, kind of. So what are the ways in which, like, you... I guess you talked about the, the trumpet parties and everything and yeah. like incorporating, I guess, the community aspect mm -hmm. of a studio. What's like, there's teachers who we've met who won't do that at all. Who are yeah, sure. just like, no, I won't do that. And there are teachers who are like you, who are like, I think this actually helps mm -hmm. my studio. So like, what, what's the, what's the line? What, or do you even think there is a line, you know? I don't know. Um, I won't apologize for the things I've done um, because I feel like they've helped and it's something I would always do. Mm -hmm. um, if my goal is to create a community, then I know that I can't create community without bringing people together. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, so absolutely. like, you know, that goes back to the same thing. I, this is something that a lot of people get in their heads. That they've got this adjunct professor job, but their goal is eventually to be the assistant professor somewhere right. or anywhere really. Um, but they're like, well, I don't get paid to do that. I don't have to do that. But mm -hmm. let me be the first to tell you, and you're a public school educator, you know mm -hmm. that you don't get paid to do a lot of crap. Correct. So, and it depends on like what your goals are for the future. If you want to be mired in your own like self-indulgent doubt, mm -hmm. then please like, adopt the role of the victim. But if you'd like to be somebody who achieves their goals, mm -hmm. achieve your goals. Amen. You know? So speaking to people who are striving to the collegiate job, yeah. if you get that adjunct, yeah. and if you have the time, because typically you do, you're just starting out, like you're gigging and stuff, but at first everything's slow. Mm -hmm. if you're moving to a new city do a little extra more here like mm -hmm. have be at the school a little bit more because full-time you have like an open door policy we can peek in see if we can talk to you about stuff yeah. adjunct they're not always there yeah. mm -hmm. if you are new at it and you're wanting to become the full-time being there a little bit more doing a little extra going the extra mile if you can i would always say mile. i would always say go the second mile yeah. like mm -hmm. in, in, no matter what and so i worked at Chick-fil-A for a long time. And oh. that's kind of that's random, I realized. One, <laughs> one of their things was going the second mile, you know? Yeah. And, and that's the, the, the biblical story of, you know, like 
carrying the, the pack for somebody at second mile or something. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I'm always willing to like be there for somebody like you call me on the phone. We're going to talk a little bit, yeah. you know, and I appreciate that, that aspect. And I imagine you appreciate that as well. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you're willing to show someone that you're willing to do that for them, mm -hmm. then they're going to be willing to do pretty much whatever for you. Mm -hmm. Right. So a nice thing that I can speak about from my personal situation with my divorce is that I told the studio because they needed to know because I was going through some stuff. Um, they threw me at like a party, a picnic outside and they made That's sandwiches so for me nice. and flowers, and flowers, which is really awesome. And I felel great and it made me feel like a million dollars. And that's how you know they're there for you. And, mm -hmm. and I know in public education, band director for me, knowing my band director was there before school, after school, in lunch break when you, if you're really band nerd like I was, yeah. you escape everything and you yeah. go to the band room every free moment yeah. and knowing that your band director's there. Yep. And if you want extra work, he'll do that. If you want to lend an ear, like I'm struggling in this class. That's... We've already passed high school and grad and whatever school we've done. So like that connection, I feel like in I think public teachers, school. I think teachers in general needs to be like that because I mean, some of my favorite teachers I've ever had for my entire life have been people with the open door policy. Like mm -hmm. I need to, and we talked about this on past episodes. I think that trust factor and which I, the way you two interact, mm -hmm. it is so just beautiful <laughs> to see because it's like, we we see that trust that you mm -hmm. two have built mm -hmm. in. Like Michael, like will be like, I just got off the phone with Dr. Lindsay. And like, mm -hmm. he made me think about things completely different. It's so good to see because there are people and places where once you've graduated, there's no like longer yeah. contact. Bye -bye. Yeah. Um, and but we're here on twos, and I'm pretty sure me and Lauren, like we can call you like it's hey, a family what's thing. What's going right? on? It's right. funny because like I remember after the KSU is a future competition, if you all don't know that. And I remember afterwards, I you know, I was like, I'm gonna go play for um John Warren because he's woodwind coordinator. Of course, I wanted to play for him and yeah. get his opinion. And I also came to you. Mm -hmm. And it was funny because I was like, never in a million years would a flute player go to a trumpet professor and say, I want your opinion. I mean, <laughs> maybe they should. Because <laughs> trumpet players should. are. But it was really Pretty cool because like, you gave me, and I still remember mainly from that, that lesson, if you want to call it that, of, there was a part in the Lieberman that you're like, this is like a funky section. You need to make sure people are like nodding the, their head to yeah, it. Yeah. And I was like, no, no one would have ever said that to me. Like, yeah. I don't think anyone would have ever approached it that way besides, oh, make sure that's a really right rhythm, the articulation is clean. And it just kind of made me like think about, I, I'm going to start taking lessons from people who are not flute players. Mm. Oh, yeah. It gives you a completely different perspective. Yeah. I appreciate musicians who are able to tell stories with the way they play mm -hmm. and, and so they've, they've transcended the ability to play the trumpet or right. the flute or the voice yeah. and they're telling a story right yeah. so that's that's and the goal yeah i know at ksu i think we were all lucky enough that at ksu you were like a vocal, a vocal major at first you added or you added both of them mm -hmm. like you started doing stuff with dr keeler mm -hmm. and he was not in your main focus right like ksu is full of these mentors yeah and not just Definitely. teachers because yeah. people do are just teachers and yeah. that yeah. works for them and it, they have successful successful studios and yeah. all that stuff sure. but mentors i feel like for me when i'm looking at schools looking at um band or uh not band band <laughs> programs to work for yeah. i look for mentors yeah. to work with and work under and study under you got and, to and i feel yeah. like those people are going to take the extra mile and do the extra mile for you yes. when you don't yes. even know it yes. like you're going for this adjunct job Absolutely. and yeah. I, I, I mean it I, just speaks so much about you, you. the fact that we're yes. here me and i Anthony, know right? like we should right. not we're, even know who you are exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah but yeah. you're part of Michael's family. Michael's part of my exactly. family. Exactly. Yeah, so it shows how important like you are to him. Yes. That we are like we know so much about how great of a professor Do you, you know are. How and much I heard your yes, name. Yes, all the time. <laughs> 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 I thought it was cursed. I'm like, who is this man? Do I need to meet him? Like, what is going on? Oh, I, remember, I remember one time Lauren, um, not to get out too far off track, we were it was going for the end of the year, like one of our end of the semester parties. And I talked about your guacamole one time. Really guacamole good. is famous. Really if good. you're ever coming through Kennesaw, stop by. And, and, um, and Lauren was like, I'm going. And I said, I did. Why are you going? This, this is my thing. I I like, and then she, and she, she did, and she joined along. So I'm just saying, I didn't go. So oh. he didn't want it hard enough. It is fine. <laughs> Whatever. But I was invited after. So oh, okay. <laughs> there we go. But I mean, oh. it, it is, and I'm so glad that you. The whole family thing because we are a part of Michael's family. Yeah. You're a part of Michael's family and we're all here. Yeah. And you have given all of us great advice. I Absolutely. mean, you've talked to me about teaching and everything. I'm like, oh wow, I didn't, yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So I'm happy to offer a perspective and I yes. feel like I'm a fair minded kind of guy. Yes, you are. <laughs> you, you totally are. And your advice really goes a long way. So yeah, thank you oh, yeah, for giving us all of your wisdom. Just it a little it bit. is my pleasure. So going that off of that, going off of that, when you're looking at young undergrads and former students or master students or doctoral students, mm -hmm. what do you say to them if they get in their head like, "I want to be a collegiate teacher"? Because I said that to you my second year, mm -hmm. and you're mm -hmm. like, and I know in our lessons we approach some of them like I'm just a student, and some of them you challenged me to fix myself. I'm like, what would I say to you? Yeah. Like, you know, you have this in, in goal. What, what would you say to yourself in the practice room? And why don't you do this? So when people are going for that collegiate job, not only do they need to have the teaching skills and playing skills, what other skills do you think they need to do and how diverse do they need to get and how it's possible. All of them. It's it's possible. Well, yeah. And you know, that's why I say cast the wide net skill wise, because you really don't know where you're going to be. Like I got mm -hmm. friends who are like marching band directors and trumpet professors. Mm -hmm. I got friends who like teach music history, teach all skills, teach piano, like all this stuff and trumpet. And you know, maybe your first couple jobs are going to be that way. Maybe mm -hmm. your first job's that way. I was very lucky to stumble in a job that kind of was just trumpet mm -hmm. and then grew into just trumpet. Yeah. Like that's not mm -hmm. typical. And a lot of my friends graduating don't have that opportunity, right. but I think I was blessed because I worked hard. Mm -hmm. at my trumpet and um i showed them that yeah i knew how to play and how to teach mm -hmm. and it worked out well from there so like when we're in these uh grad programs undergrad and doctoral well grad that is grad school uh mm -hmm. duh michael um take those extra classes that we might not need that teaches you something new yeah maybe i think just be open like be an just open be person to experiences and be willing to like to be you have to be a fool sometimes and, and it's mm -hmm. okay because it's from that state of like that miasmic state of like, where am I to like mm -hmm. sudden mastery, you know, you have to traverse that. Yeah. And you know, there's no excellent, there's no excellence or mastery without that, you know, wandering through the desert period, of course. There's like little gems. Little gems. Yeah. <laughs> Happening all across the school podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I mean, you're, you're young in yourself, you know, like what are your, <laughs> your future goals? Like what are you looking mm -hmm. towards? Fair. And what are my aims? Yeah. Like, what are your yeah. aims? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to continue cultivating a community. Um, I see that happen in KSU. Um, I want to keep playing. I've got CD projects coming up. 
Ooh. I want to continue to be a person who um, can learn about how people think. I love that aspect of it. I love learning and creating uh, new experiences music musically. And um, I want to keep like expanding those. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have an invocation for brass band I was talking about. Mm-hmm. I want to keep that going. I would like our trumpet ensemble to be something that's competitive, you know, NTC. And we, we were going to kick butt in March, but that was a sad one. It was, it was like the best I think it ever had sounded. <laughs> <laughs> whatever um so my goals are kind of like i want to keep doing this and learning how to teach and speak about trumpet but in a way that is more you know i narrow it down i get my message more honed it's very very addicting mm-hmm. to be able to say something and learn how to say it just right for just the right person at just the right time in just the right way mm-hmm. you know sure yeah yeah <laughs> i'm just having to, i'm just like having to think a lot right now and i'm like just oh, yeah, right. right yeah <laughs> You fired me. I literally saw him. You fired me. 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 You fired I, I was a singer. I sang in, I sang, I made the fourth chair, first center in oh. Arkansas All State. Oh, wow. oh. <laughs> remember yes. it too. Right. Wow. Fourth That's chair, good. first tenor. It's the same year I made first chair on the trumpet. So I had to choose. Yeah, I never did that. Oh, oh you had to choose. Yeah. Wow. That sucks. I know. I wanted to do choir too, but whatever. Come on over. <laughs> well, I love singing. And actually, that's it's an interesting segue. Like in my lessons, I will always sing and I often ask people to sing and you know how it is like some people are kind of opposed to it what but the moment that? they earn the trust of themselves yeah. and they're right. vulnerable enough to sing okay suddenly you're good at your instrument mm-hmm. um, it's pretty cool to see yeah yeah I've tried incorporating singing with my students too like especially with rhythms they can't get okay. like, maybe you should say it out loud but they don't want to do it because you can't do it yeah, like, younger kids? yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah the younger ones are really self-conscious they're very so you yeah. gotta be you have to make a fool of yourself a little bit so they can feel more comfortable yeah. absolutely every you gotta, day you yeah. gotta do you think uh when you're teaching and you get them to sing if um because you're a vocalist, I imagine mm-hmm. that's a big part of your stuff. Because you like to integrate. Sure. We've had these conversations. Yes. Do you think they have power in numbers, or do you think they still have the tentative at first, singing rhythms or certain things? I think anybody that's going to sing is very because singing is one of those like, oh no, maybe they don't like my voice. Ah. I know it's one of those. It's hard because it's like it's me being like, oh, I don't like the way you played that versus oh, I don't like the way you sang. Like, it's my voice. It, it, right. It's, like, that's it's mine. It's mine. Well, you would never want to couch it that way, like like. I, I don't like what you sing that like yeah see, like, <laughs> I don't like there's, that. there's not like a six different ways you could take it depending on what the actual problem was and that's yeah. the thing too like how do you discuss a problem with somebody in a way that doesn't destroy them yes you yeah, know I feel like you have to learn that the fastest out of all of them i for think sure, because yeah. when you're teaching public school it's like you have every single freaking personality yes. and how do you deal with you know, I mean, you have like Michael, right. and then you have so other students who are very shy that do not like to talk. Mm-hmm. How have you? The really language, like- the language is all the same. Okay. It's all creation of sound mm-hmm. and, and aesthetic beauty and all like, so like, how do we create um, something that is worth practicing, mm-hmm. right? And, and I, I feel like, you know, with that kind of as the, the common goal, then I can set my sights through changes of habit and, and yeah. adoption of personal responsibility and telling yourself that yes, I'm brave enough and confident enough to achieve that goal and strive for that goal. Mm. Like that's that's kind of where we can all take it. Mm. And that student who is shy and meek, mm-hmm. you know, is gonna be 
so much better in the year that we spend together mm -hmm. just because I can see them grow and take um, sort of this, again, this word agency for themselves. Yeah. Like this year I had um, a young man, I won't name him. So it's not weird, but, but he's, <laughs> he's got, he's on the spectrum and he's a fantastic kid, really smart, smart as a whip. Um, but he was a little behind. Mm -hmm. I have to be, be quite honest, but he has worked so hard. He's a kicking butt and he's like the most excited about trumpet of anybody. Yeah, and he's wow. going to like kick everyone's butt, I think. It's, right. it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. I love it. Yeah. I love I to see love it. it. <laughs> I think that as we all are educators, we love when uh, that light goes off. The yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just like, oh wait till gosh. you, wait till you get that light going off a lot. Like yeah. at first it was only, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like everyone. My favorite light to go off. Like when I'm teaching is like middle schoolers. Cause they're so like, they're yeah. like new to it. So it's like, Oh my God, I can play it. And then we're like, when we get even better, like, Oh, oh my God. Like Anthony, yeah. it doesn't hurt so bad. I know. Yeah. Anthony, <laughs> Anthony called me like two weeks ago mm -hmm. and he was like, I have a student with this issue. And then he told me about it after. And he's like, he's so excited now. I'm like, yes. that just, and I was having a bad day. Yeah. And I was like, that just made me smile. Just out of random. Like, Oh yeah, it, it was. Seeing and that light bulb makes us want to teach more. Here's, yeah. an, here's another trumpet player that you, you two might have that is now in love with playing trumpet because awesome. he started out. It was it was so cute. It was so cute. <laughs> I, I can't come up with a better word, but it was cute. Um, but then he's like, "Oh my gosh, my tone is better." And I'm like, "I didn't teach you what tone meant, but I'm glad you know what that means." So it's so loving to see. Um, have you worked with like beget like middle schoolers or how was teaching middle schoolers? It's it's fun. It's also terrifying. Yeah, and it's, it's also terrifying. frustrating. And it's yes. also amazing. It, it's, it. it's everything at the same time. <laughs> yes, it is. Because, yes, it is. because a sixth grader is like this this ball of emotions. At yes. any moment, they can Absolutely. express any emotion. Mm -hmm. So you just have to be very it's careful. Very oh good. yeah. Do you know? I go into my my. This is my fifth period. I go in there sweating bullets every single because i'm like what <laughs> which one are we gonna get right, which like, day rolling the dice. is today some days they're like i love music and some days like this is not my thing you know, with, with, with music i think it's important to be improvisatory like so you mm -hmm. have to be spontaneous because these kids i don't know if I, I never responded to this very much, but a lesson plan is important. I think right. that's, that's, you have a general idea of what you're going to talk about. Right. But the spontaneity and the, the ability to extemporaneously express yourself, mm -hmm. I think is so important because mm -hmm. you better react right. to what's happening. Yeah. With all of you. Yes, mm -hmm. definitely. So like maybe if the sixth graders, like it's so spontaneous, you yeah. have to be just wacky and fun. Yes. Like a Robin Williams kind of character. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely been very interesting. And I think I one have seen so much growth in trumpets throughout my four years at Kennesaw oh and gosh, yeah. you have done a phenomenal job I appreciate it as being a trumpet professor as being a mentor as honestly just being an ear for me and Laura whenever we're yes, like sir. we need you um so like thank you yeah of course. from all of us and I'm pretty sure Michael has a bigger thank you. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Well, you're I'm grad school now, so. <laughs> made it from uh, there to be. Yeah. Maybe we'll see C soon. Yeah, <laughs> I think you will. Yeah, you're making some good progress. I was listening to Michael tonight. One of the rewarding things is hearing kids come back from grad school after mm -hmm. a few weeks, months, and be like, okay, they know what's up. They're practicing. Yeah, they're yeah. doing it. They're applying yeah. the lessons of the day, and I just, I just love to see it. Do you think it's like a, like, it's just like, oh, you haven't heard them in a while, they come back and it's like, okay, or. Sure, absolutely. But it's also that you give them, like, I didn't teach Mike. I mean, I taught Mike how to play some trumpet, 
but I think I gave Michael tools for him to take on his own abilities, you know, mm. like to, to, to figure out stuff for himself. I will, I will like you taught me like a trumpet talk real quick. I was like shoving it in my face, even on low mm. notes. Yes. So once that got eliminated, the skill just went up automatically. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you were pushing me and encouraging me to go um, try things. So that's why I went and started the little tiny studio, like middle schools, high schoolers. And I uh, went to this high school and did like brass sectionals. And then you, I was coached by you in the brass quintet. So started some brass quintets and you like really pushed me to just go do all that. But just remember to keep practicing trumpet. <laughs> and then like pushing me and guiding me. And then now I'm at grad school and now just like blossoming. Yeah, it's great. I mean, because you, you've learned how to take on uh, challenges mm -hmm. and, and, and be successful at them. Mm -hmm. And I think too often, you know, well, I think too often people aren't like that. And that's why I really think a music degree is a worthwhile degree, in, at least if you're studying with me, because you're going to come out with the discipline and the ability to just like kick butt. Mm -hmm. And be able yeah. to take any challenge. Whether or not it's musical or not, quite yeah. honestly, mm -hmm. I, that's, that's the way I want to live my life. I want to be a, a dangerous individual in all the best ways. Oh, uh, spicy. There we go. Spicy. I think um, Lauren and Anthony came up with a little game while we were trumpeting earlier. Okay. That she, they oh, okay. Let's uh, hear it. Let's hear it. In, in the uh, episode on. Okay. So we're going to play the most likely two games. Oh and so God, either whenever you hear scenario or whatever situation, point at whoever you feel or yourself, um, yeah. you know, <laughs> they embody this. Okay. So, okay, most likely to forget their instrument slash baton at home. Oh, is it we all answer? Yes. Because yeah. oh. <laughs> I'm so focused on getting that iced coffee. <laughs> if Jordan Mater were here, maybe. Most likely to show up late to rehearsal. Oh, I don't know that one. I, oh, no, really? Yes. I feel so. I'm so sorry about that. I mean, <laughs> not some, me, not some, me. sometimes it's like, I don't want to leave the bed. And then sometimes it's like, I really need a coffee or I'm not going to be in. Well, you're pretty good about showing up to our trumpet things pretty close to time. So. Uh, yeah, eight eight o'clock warm ups. Ooh. Okay, why do you have to say that? No. <laughs> so I have like, I blocked him out. <laughs> I'm Anytime sorry, I had to bring him up. We talk about Michael's lateness. I just remember that I had an 8 a.m. class on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, right? And he, he would walk with me, right? He had a 7.45 class. Why was he walking with me? Exactly. To my, I was like, I time travel. And, <laughs> I time travel. and the reason I know these, these warm-ups is because we live together. So I'm like, yeah. why am I leaving and you are still here? Like, what's going and on? And then when he comes back from his first class, I'm like, got coffee. I'm watching... Like I'm, some TV and I'm practicing and yes. the you can do enough to get your grade, I guess. Yeah. Enough to get the. But grade. like now, I'm a morning practicer. It's so weird. Yes, I know. Completely weird. changed. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more a morning change. person these days too. It's nice. See, the early bird gets the worm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, most likely to forget they had a concert. Ooh, I don't think I. I you know, know, that's kind of a split between you two honestly we forgot when she was landing when she was landing like, for her yeah like we were like we were like it's yeah. six something six something and if i if i had just concert, holding the night before she just no you know. my conducting concert i literally so it's going to be uh see i forgot now april 16th yeah but i definitely on facebook three weeks before i said it, it's going to be on april 10th 
And then it had to be somebody else that like texted and was like, I thought it was on the 16th. And yeah, I was like, it wasn't me. Because <laughs> they know I live my life by my Google calendar. Truly, I didn't check it. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, it's that, that so it wasn't me. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'm getting too many. You got to come up with some Okay, I, I know those were, we were kind of okay. adding Michael a little bit. Um, most likely to be a part of an opera, opera pit orchestra. I think it's one of y'all too. That, I can see that. I like opera. I feel like it's one of y'all. We're kind of, we're kind of weird. Yeah. It's yeah. Bad. It's yeah. Fine. Isn't I mean, it bad? Thing? It's listen to operas way more. Yeah. Because like I believe, a little short aside, that vocalists are the most natural musicians, and they also, if you can get this to feel more natural than it already is, you can. The trumpet should be the way. But hashtag. Way. Go listen to yeah. opera. Subscribe to Met Demand. That's a long hashtag. That's a, that's a long right. hashtag. <laughs> Joyce did a Joyce did a Yeah, I got a playlist of six hours. Message me. I'll send it to you. I'll she is. To me. I will. Yeah. She's phenomenal. There we go. There you go. All right. Uh, most likely to get kicked out of a Broadway show for crying too much. <laughs> Wait, 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 as a performer or as an audience member? Sorry. I actually cried at Phantom of the Opera. Wait, how did you cry? It was the- It was angry. I'll ask of you. It was all I ask of you. That was angry. Like my AP stat teacher was sitting next to me because his daughter was in the band and he was chaperoning the trip and he was like, I'm like, I'm like, the Phantom is the man. No, no. it was just it, the, the feel. The yeah. Can I add a, Can I add one? Yeah. Uh, most likely to try to stop in Broadway performance. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Really? That is that is controversial, but that is you. Oh, I'm sorry, that? I'm not a Broadway person. So he would be like, stop, stop, like, I don't like it. I, no, I would literally <laughs> stop to say the vocals are not right. Ooh. I don't like the tone. It like, it stop, like, I'm hot. I'm, I'm hot. hot. Sorry, it would wow. be wow. That would be me. She's um, okay, very this, controversial. These are getting a little away from music, but it's okay. That's fine. I'm most likely to uh, live alone with ten cats. <laughs> <laughs> Can we say 10 mini Hillary's? No, yeah. no, it's okay. I actually, in December, I think I'm getting a new little wiener dog. She's a little puppy from, from Arkansas. Oh, my, oh, my mom okay. and uncle had found some. So, yeah. so you're going to have a, a four friends in here now. Maybe. Too many animals. But I like animals. No, never. I mean... I need another mini bulldog to go with Jaeger. You, you fine. do not need more than a Jaeger. You are fine with a <laughs> Okay. Who is most likely <laughs> to marry Rich? I hope me. I hope me. I think it's gonna be me and Anthony because we, we see this as a hunt. We oh, do. Come on. Yeah, no, no. You gotta find that person, you know. We, no, yeah, we no. Went, I gotta find uh, that tax bracket. We was house hunting today we and did. On, Mount, on Mount Perron. Oh Mount Perron Road. Yeah. If you're not from Atlanta, go yeah, like it's just look Zillow. These houses are like three point something million dollars. My favorite was 60 Mount Perrin Road. Look it up on Zillow. And I'm sorry, musicians, you drink, you're doing this way longer than us. Would you ever have that much money to afford $3.2 million? I don't know what your aim is having that much money though. So like maybe my personal aim in life is to influence people's lives. So I'm just gonna go to this $5 million chateau and play at recital, which I've done a few times. You know, and I'm oh, going to yeah. touch them and I'm going to like, you know, enjoy their wealth, but I'm not going to have to work nearly as hard as them. Because these people who make these, uh, who make these wild sums of money have to commit every ounce of their life to this. It's yeah. not as though it comes yeah. down from Absolutely. like heaven. But then yeah. when you look at that gate, you're like, it's uh, worth it. With you, a you line. For some people it is. Some people yeah. it is. 
I rather have friends and community. Yeah, I know we want both, friends, but we want to that tax bracket. Maybe so. Maybe so. I just want the house. <laughs> okay, let's come back in ten years and see who the see who okay. actually. Okay, I agree. Okay. That's okay. fun. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, most likely to move away to live on an abandoned island and never speak to anyone ever again. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like people. I get to see I him going a wall. After like a few years but he will still have his iPhone, the newest one, and be like, oh, he's talking. Ooh. Yeah, I'll be and like, still together. getting, as long as I have my iPad and I have YouTube, I'm fine. Like, yeah. and a good, comfortable bed. I'm yeah. Fine. Fine. I guess it has to be a good, comfortable bed. It has to be a good, comfortable yeah, he bed. He really is a loner. Well, you yeah. could, you could just go really do could. your own thing. I would not survive. Okay, this is a fun one because I already know who it is. Uh, most likely to max out their credit card. Uh-oh. Yeah. I think that's always had a trumpet. I think that was I think it's a tie between the two in the middle. <laughs> this is true. I I've been, yeah, maybe because trumpet players love to spend money on I have zero everything. But okay. Um, I, have, my house. I have you really floss like uh, hey, you know what? It's it's something proud of because it takes a lot of work. It does. Uh, does. Y'all, y'all, I'm telling you, if you need some financial advice, don't come to me. Truly. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all thought it was going in a good way. It went I did. I like to buy stuff. I used, like, there was one year I had a new trumpet, like, every month. Yeah. I was yeah, buying and selling, buying and selling. This is very You gotta true. find them. I kind of got sick of it. Me too. I've been there, though. I, I mean, I was in the same kind of boat, and I was, like, a lot of money in debts, like, thousands of dollars in debt because of freaking trumpet habit. But, you know, I figured it out. Yeah. Yeah, it'll happen. It does. I got time. Okay. But if you can avoid know. taking on debt, general audience people, avoid it, please. Ooh, Uncle yes. Sam ain't gonna get me till I It's die. better to not have debt than to have debt. I don't buy anything throughout this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Learn that. I say live your life and what happens, what happens. Uh, no. Uh, don't. No, no. All right. No, all right. Never, never. No, that's um, that was it. Then <laughs> why, why do we have to end on that? <laughs> that's what we have. You, you should have said something more optimistic, but you chose not to. Thanks, my How about most likely to start a podcast? Ah, we did it! That's optimistic. I did my job. (laughs) Thank you so much, Dr. Lindsay, for joining us and being our first like live in person interview. And I think it's been a we're COVID free. COVID free. Yes. Don't come with us in the Um, yeah, please don't because I got my test before I left my college because I had to make sure. But thank you so much for offering all this wisdom and stuff and like and subscribe share give us comments yeah. and yeah, if yeah, you yeah. have a guest that we may not know or know and you want us to interview them or, or do if you so, want to be yourself yes share, please please let us know check out our website relative pitch it's amazing keep you up to date on everything and you'll get to see a beautiful join. picture of dr douglas and yes. then i think if you want to find more about dr Lindsay, i think it's What's your website? It's DougTrumpeter.com. DougTrumpeter.com. Yeah, he has so. videos of uh, his students performing and him performing. Yeah, yeah it's all there. Check it out. Yeah. All right, this is Thanks awesome. a lot, guys. Thanks. Awesome. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening and being a part of our conversation. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear what you thought about today's episode, so leave us a comment or review. See you next time.